the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I am very happy to be with you tonight in the feast of Saint Athanasius, the Apostolic. Saint Athanasius, one of the greatest fathers in the history of the Church, and all Christians from any denomination honor and venerate Saint Athanasius. He is considered one of the great pillars of faith, and uh, his book, The Incarnation of the Logos, is a reference to anyone who tries to understand the mystery of the Incarnation. And because of his role in keeping the faith, he is called the Apostolic, meaning he is considered like one of the Twelve Apostles. And also he is called Contramundum, which means against the world, because they told him the whole world is against you and he replied I am against the world and as many historians said without Athanasius maybe the whole world would have been Arians and we are proud that St. Athanasius is a Coptic person, a son of the Coptic Orthodox Church. Also, he is one of the series of the Patriarchs of the Coptic Orthodox Church, number 20. And he was a great, uh, he was a disciple to the great father, St. Anthony the Great, and he wrote the life of St. Anthony. And one of the beautiful words that he mentioned in this book, The Life of St. Anthony, he said, and I washed his hand, I poured water on his hand. So St. Athanasius considered this a great honor and a great blessing that he was worthy to pour, pour water on the hand of Saint Anthony. Usually the feast of Saint Athanasius comes during the holy 50 days. That's why many times it goes unnoticed, especially we don't read Synexidium during these days. And unfortunately, we don't have many churches named after him, but thank God that we have a church here in Orlando named after St. Athanasius. And in the Southern Diocese, we have two other churches, one in Pensacola and the other one in Chattanooga. So we have three churches named after St. Athanasius. And it was a great idea that we do reflections on the book Incarnation of the Logos during the revival of St. Athanasius. I thank Abuna Maurice for arranging this revival. Uh, and I know that His Grace Bishop Basil and His Grace Bishop Gregory uh, shared with you reflections on the first 20 chapters. Today, through the grace of God, I will do some reflections from chapter 21 to chapter 32 from the book of Incarnation of the Logos. In these 12 chapters, he spoke about the death and the resurrection of Christ, which actually is very suitable to our season right now. And he answered many important questions that I'm sure some of us thought about this question and maybe 
We don't know the answer for it. For example, he answered a very beautiful question. Uh, why the Lord rose on the third day? Why he did not rise on the second day? Or on the fourth day or the fifth day? Maybe either we thought about this question or we never thought about it. But St. Athanasius, as we share in the lecture today, he answered this question. Uh, so uh, let's start by I will mention the question that he addressed and his answer to the question. The first uh, question is about the death of Christ. The question is why Christ as son of God he did not die in a more honorable way rather than he died on the cross and it was known it is a shame and a curse to die on the cross why he did not choose another way honorable befitting his dignity befitting his divinity he is the son of God and why he died publicly everyone in Jerusalem saw the cross and saw Jesus was hung on the cross between two criminals I know one of them repented but two thieves so Saint Athanasius said he chose chose to die publicly in order actually for his resurrection to be real and to be believed if he did not die publicly people may say no he did not die maybe it was just a coma maybe it was just uh, uh, you made up this story but when the people make sure that he is dead. This actually will be very strong witness for the power of his resurrection. That's why even when Pontius Pilate marveled that he died quickly, he sent the centurion to know whether he is dead or not. And the centurion pierced the side of our Lord Jesus Christ and gushed from his side water and blood and that's why even in the creed that Saint Athanasius wrote he emphasized his death and his burial he was buried so his death is real uh, and Saint Athanasius said as he did all his miracles publicly for example he healed the blind man publicly he healed the woman that was bleeding publicly he raised Lazarus from the dead publicly it was very befitting for him to die publicly so when the resurrection happened everybody will know the powerful the power of this glorious resurrection as for why he did not die in a more honorable way for example he can get sick and die on, on, on a bed so Saint Athanasius said all of us because our body is weak that's why all of us we can get sick because of the weakness of our humanity but it was impossible for our Lord Jesus Christ to get sick because he is the power of God he is the logos of God he is life himself so how can he get sick the one actually 
who heals the people. How the healer of the people can get sick. He touches the people and the people are healed. Uh, and actually, when I was reading this part, I thought about the controversy right now about communion. So Saint Athanasius said, the body of Christ cannot get sick. So the question here, can the body of Christ and his blood transmit, transmit any disease? Then he is not Christ. If he is the power of God, is the word of God, he is the one who gives his strength and power. He is life himself, according to Saint Athanasius. Then definitely he cannot get sick and, 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 and die. This happened to us. Also, Saint Athanasius said, if he gets sick and died, then the people will consider him like any one of us. Yes, he took our full humanity, but he, he is still the Son of God. He is the incarnated Son of God. His humanity is united to his divinity without mingling, without confusion, and without alteration. He resembled us in everything except for sin alone. He was not born of seed of man like all of us. He was born of a virgin. So he chose not to die like all of us in order the people don't consider him as one of us. Also, he wanted to defeat death in its worst form. He wanted to defeat death in its worst form. And there is no worst form more than dying on the cross. In this way, he will give us the power to defeat death in him when we are united with him. Because the Lord Jesus Christ died on our behalf that he may abolish the power of death and also abolish the corruption of the human nature. On the cross, he carried our sins and he became sin. Also, he became curse in order to heal us from the corruption, to forgive us from our sins, and also to clear us from the curse of sin. And dying on the cross, he kept his body without division. For example, if they beheaded him, then the head is separate from the body. But in order to emphasize that the church should be one, not divided, that's why when he died on the cross, his body was whole, contact. Even he did not let them break any of his bones. The other two thieves, they broke the bones of their leg. You know, uh, the person on the cross, uh, he is actually attacked by asphyxia. He cannot take his breath because of the heaviness of his body. So the only way to take the breath is actually to pull himself up in order to take his breath. Pulling himself up should actually uh, uh, press on, on his feet 
in order to be able to pull his chest up. So when they break their legs, he cannot do this. When they break the leg of a person on the cross, he cannot actually pull himself up because there is no support. That's why they die by by asphyxia. But the Lord Jesus Christ, as he said to Pilate, I have authority to lay my soul down and to take it up. So, in the time that he appointed by his own will and by his authority alone, he gave up his soul in the hand of the Father. So one of the reasons why he died also on the cross, in order to keep his body without division, not separated, even the bones were not broken, to emphasize the importance of the unity, the oneness of the body. Also, he died on the cross in order to defeat Satan, who is the prince of the air. When you read Ephesians chapter 2, St. Paul said about Satan, he is the prince of the air. So when he is hung in the middle between heaven and earth, he is defeating Satan in his kingdom. And thus actually, he is clearing the way into the heaven for us. So when any one of us die, his soul ascend to heaven. Satan is not there. Satan is bound. So Satan cannot capture our souls as he used to do before the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. Also the Lord said, when the Son of Man is hung on the cross, he will attract everybody to him. So we are earthly when he is hung on the cross as if he pulled us up to him. He attracted us to him. And when he attracted us to him, actually he helped us to uh, go to heaven to reach the Father. So, he came to carry our curse. He came to pull us from earth to heaven and also to open the door toward heaven, toward us, by his body. So that's why the Lord chose to die on the cross not in secret and uh, yes in its horrible form of death but thus he defeated the the one who has the authority of death which is Satan as we read in chapter um, 2 from the letter of St. Paul to Hebrews. Then he answered another question about the resurrection of Christ. Why he rose on the third day? Uh, if he rose 
before the third day, like on the second day or on the same day, number one, people will doubt his death. Some people will say, no, he did not die. Maybe it is just, uh, it was coma. He did not die. And also, the body will not, usually the body is corrupted, or the, the, the process of corruption, the decaying of the body happens starting after 48 hours. So if he rose with the glorious body before the third day, he will not actually show us that his body did not see corruption. But waiting until the third day, when usually the process of decaying and corruption should have started, and then he rose with the same body, and the body is not corrupted, as David in the psalm said his body did not see any corruption, and that's what St. Peter caught it in, in his sermon in the book of Acts, to show us the glory of, of, of his body and the power of his body, which is united with the divinity. Uh, what about why he did not wait for after three days, maybe five, ten days, or more. He said, St. Asanisha said, the disciples were scared. So he did, want, he did not want them to live in fear for a longer time. So three days is suitable time to prove that his death was real. And by this time, the decaying process should start usually, but his body did not decay. So if he waited more, why he would put his disciples through this pressure? So this is a sign of his love and compassion for the disciples. Also, people who were in Jerusalem celebrating the Passover feast did not leave Jerusalem until this time. So the people who have seen his uh, death would hear about his resurrection. But if he rose after 10 days or 15 days, maybe these people went back to their countries and their places and they did not know about his resurrection. So he did not want to wait until the people leave Jerusalem, then his resurrection will be announced. Also, if he rose after longer time, maybe the people will think he is just a ghost, like, like right now when any of the saints appear to us, we know they appear by their spirit because their soul, their bodies is still here on earth. That's why when the Lord rose from the dead, he wanted to emphasize that he rose by his body. It's not just appearance, like when St. Mary appeared right now, or St. George, or any of the saints. He ate with them, he drank with them. He said, come and touch me. The spirit does not have bones and flesh. And he saw them the marks of, of the nails and the mark of the spear. Why? In order to say that he rose with his body. Yes, it's the same body, but in a, in a glorious form. In a glorious form. Then some Asanishas addressed 
another point about the relationship of human beings and death. Before the resurrection, this relationship was full of fear. If we read Hebrews chapter 2, St. Paul said in verse 14, And as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, we human beings have flesh and blood. He, Jesus, himself, likewise shared in the same. So he took full humanity like us. Why? That through death he might destroy him, Satan, who had the power of death, that is the devil. So by dying on the cross, he abolished the power of death, and also he destroyed Satan, who had the power of death. Number three, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So, before resurrection, all humanity were afraid of death. All of us. Because we know after death, before Christ, everyone, even the righteous, went to Hades. That's why everybody was afraid of death. And they were became under bondage because of the fear of death. But now actually, we don't, the believers in Christ and the believers in resurrection, we are not afraid of death. Listen to what St. Paul said about death. To live is Christ, and to die is gain. So now we are not afraid of death. Any believer, he is not afraid of death. It's gain. I will go to the place out which grief, sorrow, and groaning have fled away. I'll be with all the saints. I will be with God himself. That's why St. Paul said, uh, I have desire to depart and be with Christ, this is far better. That's why we, we, we saw martyrs go to martyrdom, you know, running, not afraid or scared of death. Thousands of people died for the name of Christ. And St. Athanasius in his time, he was just after the era of martyrdom. So he knew that thousands, thousands of thousands people died for their faith. So now a big change happened in our relationship with death. We are not afraid of death. Rather, a true believer say, I have desire to depart and be with Christ. This is far better. You know, St. Paul, when he was in the prison, he said, I know I will be released from prison. I know. But I can be released this way, mean to heaven, or this way to my ministry. So he said, I am perplexed. I don't know what to choose. If God asked me what to choose, I don't know. The first choice is far better for me. I have desire to depart and be with Christ. This is far better. But the second choice, I know I still have obligation toward my children. And I know I need to serve them. So he said, for me, I don't know. But I know that God will let me be released to my service. Because still, 
I have a commitment to finish. I have obligation, a duty to finish. And after this, I, I will go to heaven. Uh, also, as we read in Hebrews chapter 2, God did not only destroy death, abolish the power of death, but destroyed Satan who has the power of death. Meaning what? Meaning Satan has no authority over us anymore. Before Christ, any person, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, any person died, Satan took his soul to Hades with him. But not for us. Even John the Baptist, because he died before Christ, before the resurrection, Satan captured his soul. But for us, when we die, the angels will carry our souls. Not, not Satan. Satan has no part in us. Satan has no authority over us. So, that's another big change in death for us. We will not go to Hades, but we will go directly to the paradise of joy, which is far better. Another question he answered Why you are so sure that the resurrection of Christ is so real? Actually, some Athanasius said the believers don't fear death anymore, and this in itself is a proof that the resurrection is real. He said the same things that St. Paul mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 30, if there is no resurrection, if there is no resurrection, if Christ did not rise, this means we will not rise. Then he said, why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? Why we risk our life every hour? St. Paul. You know, St. Paul was stoned several times and he faced many, many hardships. So St. Paul is saying, if there is no resurrection and if there is no better life, why, why we are risking our life? Verse 31, I affirm by the boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. I die daily. St. John the Chrysostom said something beautiful about the priests. He said, the martyr dies once, but the priest dies every day through the ministry, putting himself to death. Verse 32. If in the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus. What advantage is it for me? If the dead do not rise, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. <laughs> let's enjoy our life here. Let's eat and drink and have fun and experience all the pleasures of the world. So, St. Asanisha is the same way he said, the believers who are ready to die and risk their life for Christ, this is in itself a, a strong evidence that uh, the resurrection of Christ is real. Another thing he said, look at the wonders and the miracles that Christ did after his resurrection and his ascension. And whether these miracles happen from a dead person or a living person. For example, P. 
Peter and, and John, when they entered the temple and they found the paralytic man, and he was begging for money, Peter and John told him, we don't have any money. Gold and silver we don't have. But what we have, we will give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. So if Jesus is dead and did not rise, how as a dead person, dead person cannot do anything. If he is dead, then Peter cannot heal the paralytic man in the name of Jesus. If Jesus is dead, how the word of God pierced the heart of and the conscience of many, many people to believe in Christ and to become Christian. By the fourth century, every single person in the whole world almost was Christian. So, if Jesus is dead, how he was able to move the hearts of people? Where is, where is the power of Satan who reigned over humanity for 5,000 years or more and made them worship idols? How in the power of, of the name of Jesus evil spirits are uh, expelled? So all these wonders actually say that Jesus is alive. He rose from the dead. You know, Satan is the opponent of God. Satan is short for Satanael. Il means God, and Satan means opposition. So he's the opponent of God. Before resurrection, Satan was able to turn most of the world against God. Most of the world were pagan, and he played with their mind to worship idols. But when Jesus came and defeated Satan and bound him on the day of the cross, we can see a big difference between before Christ and after Christ. Before Christ, the whole world, even Israel, many, many times they rebelled against God. Many times. But after Christ, we, we, we saw a big change in the whole world. How most of the people if not all of them in the 4th century became Christian. And after this, actually, until now, the majority of the people is, is Christian. Yes, at the end of, of the time, because Satan will be released, you can see the reversal. You can see the apostasy. People will fall away. It will be like before Christ, because Satan is released. But how the, the whole world turned to Christianity is another evidence that Jesus rose from the dead. If he is dead, how Satan was defeated by him? Definitely he is alive. Definitely he rose from the dead and he bound Satan. All these are the words of St. Athanasius. Even the cross, St. Athanasius is saying, before Christ, the cross was uh, a symbol of shame and a curse. Now the cross has power. When actually, with the power of the cross, Satan is expelled. Satan is defeated.
we have Satan is trying to tempt us by the pleasures of the world. But the Christian who crucified the body and the pleasures of the body, now they can live like the angels. That's the power of the cross. I heard this story from Pope Shenouda himself, and I think it is recorded uh, on one of his sermons uh, about don't fear. Uh, about Abuna Abdel Messiah al Habashi. He was uh, walking in the desert, and uh, the night came and he didn't know his way so he had only one option is to sleep in the desert and the desert in in Egypt is full of snakes and scorpions it's not safe so what did he do he made a big circle and actually he made the sign of the cross around around the circle and then he slept in the middle of the circle. When he woke up in the morning, he found all these snakes and scorpions outside the circle, and none of them was able to cross. That's the power of the cross. So the cross before Christ was a symbol of shame and curse. After Christ, it has power. So, if Christ is dead, how the cross now has this power? We renounce Satan in the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. St. Athanasius also said, it was impossible for the body of Christ to remain dead after the body of Christ was a temple for the life. Jesus is the life. So how this body that carried life in itself, it will remain dead. And and San Athanasius is wondering what the Lord would do to his body. It's impossible that this body who carried the, the life, the Logos of God, the Word of God, the Son of God, it's impossible to remain dead and to continue to be dead. That's why he said, this body must have risen. Uh, and as I, as, I, as I told you, uh, the body of Christ is not weak but that's why he allowed sin to approach him the theological term um, as we say it in some serial liturgy he accepted death unto him by his authority and by his power alone He accepted death. We cannot say he died. We die. Because of the weakness of our body, one day we will die. But Jesus did not die. Jesus accepted death unto himself. Yes, his death is real. But he allowed this to approach him. Allowed this to approach him. Then, he answered another question why his crucifixion was public but his resurrection was not public uh, St. Peter answered this question in, in Acts chapter 9 Verse 40 and 41, I will read it first, then I will tell you the answer of St. Athanasius about this question. 
St. Peter in Acts chapter 9, verse 40 and 41, he said, This, him, Jesus, God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. So Peter said, his resurrection was not revealed to everyone, but only to some people chosen by God the Father to be witnesses. And St. Peter said, we were among these witnesses, and we ate and drank with him. Why he mentioned ate and drank with him? Again, to emphasize that his resurrection is true. He rose by his body after he arose from the dead. St. Athanasius said, one of the attributes of God that he is invisible. And we know God by his works and by his deeds. That's exactly what St. Paul mentioned in Romans chapter 1. When St. Paul said, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So St. Paul said, the attributes of God are invisible. God is invisible. But we know him by his work, by what he made in the creation. We can know his eternal power and his Godhead. So those who deny the existence of God have no excuse. Uh, so St. Athanasius said God is invisible. That, that's his attribute. That's why he did not appear to anybody. He appeared only to, to some people whom God chose and appointed to be witnesses of his resurrection. Yes, before the crucifixion, he was actually living with us as human being, full human. But after resurrection, now he will ascend to heaven. That's why he became invisible except to these witnesses. And one time, as St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he appeared to 500 persons. And St. Paul, at the time of writing his epistle, he said, most of them are still alive. So definitely, this 500 person definitely did not have delusion. If they saw Christ, then he, they saw him. And if St. Paul is making up this story, most of them were alive, they would have challenged him. And do you think that I can make up a story and I know it's a lie, and at the end I shed my blood and I die for a fake story that I made up? The, the apostles, they died mainly because he preached the resurrection of Christ. St. Paul died because he was preaching the resurrection of Christ. So, how come I make up a story and I know it's an absolute lie and at the end I die for this lie? So, God chose witnesses, people who are true witnesses, You know, the story of Lazarus, when God, uh, when Abraham said to the rich man, even if one rose from the dead, they will not believe. So, 
if God actually, Jesus appeared publicly to everybody, some people will cast doubt on, 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 on him. Or, you know, when, when Jesus raised Lazarus, you read in the Gospel of St. John, he wanted to kill Lazarus. As if if they killed him, Jesus could not raise him again. Right now, for example, when St. Mary appeared in, in Egypt uh, 51 years ago, more than this, uh, you know, some people until now, they say no, and, and they cast doubt on, on this. So people who will not, who refuse to believe, they will continue to refuse to believe. That's why God did not entrust everyone with the good news of resurrection. Only faithful witnesses. God appointed, as St. Peter said, God appointed them to be witnesses for resurrection. And then, uh, after this, I, I, I also hear what after this, St. Asanisius, uh, from chapter 33, he start to mention all the prophecies in the Old Testament about his birth, his uh, trip to Egypt or flight to Egypt, uh, his ministry, his crucifixion, his resurrection, in order actually to reply to the Jews who denied the resurrection of Christ. Then he started to reply to the Gentiles who were worshipping idols and did not believe um, in the resurrection or the incarnation of, of Christ. I hope that these three days uh, motivated you to start reading, if you did not read it before, in the book Incarnation of the Logos. And this book actually, we, we, we should not only read it, but we should study it. And we have actually to read it more than one time. And that's the foundation of Christology. Uh, you cannot start, uh, study Christology without studying this book by St. Athanasius. Uh, we are proud to be the children of St. Athanasius, this great pillar of faith. Uh, we ask him to pray for us, that may God confirm us in the Orthodox faith and make us true witnesses for Christ, as St. Athanasius is a true witness, especially in our time in which many doubts are cast against the Word of God and against our faith and against our holy tradition. And God wants us to be true, faithful witnesses, Orthodox Christian, to defend our faith, to defend our holy tradition, as St. Athanasius did. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.